You're listening to the Greater Long Beach Podcast, where our focus is helping people to connect to God, change, and thrive in life. Today, we're concluding our time uh, in the book of Galatians, and we have been studying this out for the past uh, few weeks and doing a chapter a week. And uh, the title really of our of our whole series has been gospel community, because this is who we want to be. We want to be a group of people that are influenced by, driven by, energized by the message of the gospel. And so what we're doing this year is that we're actually going epistle uh, let, epistle through epistle, you know, letter by letter of what Paul has written to churches because he was grounded in the gospel. And so we're going to be uh, finishing up Galatians. Then in a couple of weeks, we'll be starting up in First Thessalonians. And it's going to be a great time continuing this idea of becoming a, the gospel community that God wants us to be. So uh, today we're going to read Galatians chapter six and get into this and kind of conclude uh, Paul's whole uh, letter to the Galatian church. And if uh, just a quick recap, if we can all remember, uh, you know, in chapter one, Paul clarifies the gospel. He's like, this is what the gospel is. If somebody's preaching something that I didn't preach, let them be condemned. And then in chapter two, he talks about the personal, how it affected him personally, how it changed him personally to the point where he confronted one of the main apostles, Peter, uh, in his hypocrisy in terms of the gospel of grace. And then he takes chapters three and four and he, he sort of makes his theological argument that uh, the gospel is better than the law, that God is a God of grace before he even introduced the law. And he talks about Abraham and faith that Abraham had. And it goes all into uh, all those details. And then he gets into chapter five and just talks about the freedom that we have because of the gospel that now now that we understand this intellectually how does this affect us personally and it frees us from slavery to sin it frees us to serve one another and love one another in the spirit and what an incredible uh letter that paul writes here to the galatian church and then he concludes in chapter six please open your bibles with me as we read in chapter six and he talks about how the gospel gives us, we have a responsibility now with the gospel. And so we're going to read here in Galatians chapter 6. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. 
Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law. Yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. But may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, to the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. And the church on our live stream says, Amen. We're going to break this down a little bit here. Paul talks about, number one, having gospel responsibility to one another. Paul tells the church that the gospel frees us from being conceited and envying each other at the end of chapter 5. And then he kind of takes that thought and he goes into the verse 1 and 2 of chapter 6 and he talks about how because because now the gospel frees us to not worry about approval from other people or pleasing other people, we don't have to we don't judge others because we realize our need for the gospel. And so with that need, with that desperation for a savior that I cannot save myself, then I can view other people differently. Now I can I can see what I can see somebody caught in a sin and confront them and, 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 and help them and restore them gently without rebuking them and slapping them around or whatever the case may be. I can, I can do it because the gospel frees me to not be conceited, to not, to not be prideful, to understand my need for the gospel, and then to, be look, at, to, to look at my brother and say, Hey, you're caught in a sin. Come here. Let me help you. Let me restore you gently. You know, we've all been caught in sin before. We've all had people in our life uh, come before to us. I remember, I remember uh, a few year, you know, years ago, I, I struggled, and that's still to this day, kind of a, a, a taming the tongue issue. I would just talk and say, say, say things that would, um, you know, uh, hurt people's feelings, or I thought I were funny, and they were not funny. <laughs> received differently when I dated a Marina. Marina and I were dating and I was sarcastic with her and she'd laugh at everything and we'd laugh and then all of a sudden we got married and I kept that sense of humor going and it just did not work in our marriage. And we realized, I realized, wait a second, there's something here. And, and I had brothers in my life, hey Reuben, you've got to learn to tame your tongue. You've got to have more self-control in these areas. And so um, I'm grateful for that because uh, the gospel helped to disciple my heart, but God used people in my life, right, to help me with that. And so Paul says, listen, you've got to be able to, the gospel gives you a sense of responsibility for one another. If somebody's caught in a sin, go restore them gently. Help them out. You know, he says here, carry each other's uh, uh, burdens. And it says in, in carrying each other's burdens, you'll fulfill, in, in chapter 6, verse 2, I have a slide here, it says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And then, and, and, and so it harmonizes so well in chapter 5 with chapter 5 and verse 13 where it says you my brothers and sisters were called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh rather serve one another humbly in love for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command love your neighbor as yourself you know this word burden carrying each other's burdens 
Uh, it actually in the Greek means it's a, it's, a, it's a weight, it's a load that is so heavy that it requires two people or more to be able to carry this weight. It's not something that you can carry uh, on your own. And so when Paul is saying this, he's saying, listen, we have a responsibility to one another to carry each other's burdens, to help each other, to carry this together. And in that, the whole law is fulfilled. This is the law of Christ. Christ himself showed us how to do this by coming to this world, by taking the weight of sin upon himself and dying for our sin. This is this is his example. So now with the gospel, we are freed to be be able to do that for one another and carry uh, the burden for each other. Uh, the entire law is fulfilled. He's, he says, because these guys are, are so confused about the law and grace, whatever. Just, the entire law is fulfilled in one command. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? The only thing that counts, he says in chapter 5 or 6, he says, you know, faith expressing itself in love. You know, we've talked about this before as a church. You know, what does love require of me. The gospel frees us to have a humility about us, a vulnerability that helps us to see our need, but also helps us to see our brother or our sister's need for help and encouragement and a mutual carrying uh, of burdens. You know, sometimes these burdens can be heavy, uh, just physical burdens. Sometimes we just need help, you know, moving. Or whatever, or, or carrying things, literally like just physical help. I mean, uh, when Marina found out that the kids were not going to be in school until May 3rd, we, uh, she, we quickly purchased, um, a, uh, a trampoline to put in our backyard. And it now takes up literally the whole backyard because we have a very small backyard. And, um, but it took, you know, I couldn't do it by myself, guys. I'm going to be quite honest. I needed to get some help. I needed my brother to come over, my sister to come over, and uh, even Marina and I carrying this stuff together. I mean, sometimes you just need some physical help, right? And this is the carrying of the burdens of each other. Sometimes the, the weight, the burden that we feel is emotional. It's spiritual, and it actually is so heavy that we need somebody else to help us carry that weight. You know, we've all been in a point in our lives where somebody came in at just the right moment with a word of encouragement, with um, a hug, uh, with a meal, with something that just kind of helped us to carry that weight just a little, a day, a day, an extra day or an extra week. Um, I'll never forget when our son Jonathan was born and um, he had to stay in the NICU for about four or five days because of jaundice. And it's, you know, a lot of babies have this. It's kind of a, it, it, you know, but you can't, they, they're staying under these ultraviolet lights and you can't really hold the baby. And it's, as a parent, you hate to see your kid in that situation. And I remember there, it, it just felt, man, I've got, we've got to take care of our other children and my poor baby and my wife. And it just felt like, wow, there's, there's, there's an emotional burden that I'm carrying here that's kind of heavy. And I'll never forget. I'll never forget. We're at the hospital, um, and our dear friends, Armando and Elena Munoz, call me up, and they're saying, hey, um, we're going to swing by. We wanna, we're going to bring you a burrito. And they brought me that burrito. And I'm telling you, that burrito lifted that weight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it just, the, the idea that somebody was, was, considered my burden and said, you know, let me just try to carry that just a little bit for you by providing this, by uh, coming by and encouraging you in this way. It just meant the world. You know, the gospel frees us to be able to see the needs that other people have and to carry 
each other's burdens. Uh, the second thing it talks about is a responsibility to yourself, personal responsibility. This picture that I have here on this slide has a little backpack. Sometimes our backpacks are bigger than that. Our loads are bigger than that. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I have this, this slide here. It says Galatians 6.2. It says carry each other's burdens. But then a few verses later in Galatians 6.5, it says for each one should carry their own load. So it's like, wait a second. Like, am I supposed to carry each other's burdens? Or am I supposed to carry my own load? Like, what, what am I supposed to do here? This is kind of a confusing message. So here's where we need to understand what Paul is trying to say. The burden, this word, the Greek word for burden in, this trans, in the Greek is actually a, a, a weight that is too heavy for one person to carry. Whereas this word load in the Greek is more something like a backpack that you can carry by yourself. Um, and, you know, sometimes backpacks are heavier than others or whatever the case may be. But he's saying, listen, the gospel informs you enough and influences you enough to be able to carry your own load. That that uh, you should be able to take responsibility uh, for yourself. In Galatians 6, verse 7, he continues this idea. He says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Again, whatever it says here, you know, whatever you sow, not what that person sows, you will reap. But whatever you sow, you'll reap. If you sow to please the flesh, you're going to reap destruction. That's going to happen. There will be a consequence for you giving into and indulging what you want to do. Uh, if, you're going, if you're going to sow for the spirit, then you're going to reap harvest in the spirit and produce the fruit of the spirit, the overflow of the spirit that chapter five talks about, that DK talked about last Sunday. And and I think about this concept, this idea of, man, I've not only got to take respons- the gospel not only informs me to take responsibility for one another, but the gospel informs me to take responsibility for myself. I've got to carry my own load. I've got to understand, wait a second here, this at the end of the day, God cannot be mocked. At the end of the day, this is between me and God. I'll tell you, I want to give you a, cha- a little bit of a challenge here. Um, I think in this time of quarantining and sort of staying at home and these kinds of things, I think it's easy, it can be easy to become spiritually lazy, to get out of a routine, to allow the circumstance to dictate our attitude and our demeanor. But with gospel glasses on, let the Christian be the hardest working the most disciplined, the most consistent in spiritual habits, sowing to please the spirit, persevering. It says here, we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Persevering in doing good and not giving up. I don't know where you were spiritually before the coronavirus hit and quarantined us in our homes. I don't know how you were doing spiritually. My hope and prayer for you is that you would take some stock of your own life and ask yourself, what am I sowing to please? What am I, who am I pleasing? Am I pleasing myself or am I pleasing the Holy Spirit? Am I trying to grow in the Spirit or am I uh, just indulging in what I want to indulge in? And I, I want to challenge us during this time um, as much 
binge watching as you may do, why don't you do some binge praying? Why don't you do some binge reading the Bible, uh, memorizing scripture, um, you know, feeding yourself spiritually, not waiting for Sunday live stream, but to feed yourself spiritually on a daily basis. And what will happen? It says here that we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Paul brings it full circle in this one section in verse 10. It says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. You know what's amazing about the church um, and I love uh, our GLB church in particular is the past few weeks, uh, because of this, we've had to use uh, technology to be able to connect with one another. And it's so cool to see pictures of small groups connecting over Zoom or Google Hangout or whatever the case may be. And um, uh, Marina and I have been meeting with all of our family group leaders uh, every Friday night for the past three weeks just through Zoom. And again, hearing how people are connecting, hearing how needs are being met, hearing how um, uh, spiritual needs, physical needs, emotionally are being met within the congregation and people still studying the Bible to become disciples within the congregation because, through, through Zoom, through video conferencing. And, uh, and I love it because it's a picture of we're carrying each other's burdens as we carry our own load. And in that, we're continuing to do good to all people Especially, it says here, to the family of believers. And it says, uh, family believers, in another translation, it says the household of faith. And I love that idea that, that we are part of the household of faith. And I want to encourage us and challenge us. Let's, let's use the gospel to influence and energize our, our responsibility to one another, but also our self-evaluation. Um, there's this one quote I found here in a commentary on Galatians uh, by John Stott. And it says here, there is one burden that we cannot share. And that is our responsibility to God on the day of judgment. On that day, you cannot carry my pack and I cannot carry yours. Let that be a very sobering thought that even though we may carry each other's burden, even though we may encourage one another in the faith to persevere at the end of the day, there will come a time where we will stand before God and we will have to give account. And at that moment, you're going to have to carry your load and show God what did you, in this life, what word did you sow? Did you sow to please the flesh or did you sow to please the Spirit? Lastly, we have a responsibility to boast. I love what Paul says. It's like maybe somebody was writing the, the, the letter and he takes the pen out of his hand. It says in Galatians 6 verse 11, it says, See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hands. And then he gets into it and he says, Not even those, in verse 13, Not even those who are circumcised keep the law. Yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. But may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. 
Paul closes his letter in his own handwriting. He says, I'm writing this in large letters, exclamation points, emojis, whatever the case is. Let me get your attention here. Not even the guys that want that that are being circumcised and want you to be circumcised. They don't even follow the whole law. Get it straight, Galatians. It does not matter if you're circumcised or not. They only want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision, that they may have something to boast about. Like, look what we did. We were able to convince these Gentiles to be circumcised and yay, these kinds of things. And Paul says, listen, that's not a, that's nothing to boast about. But may, may, may I never boast except in the cross of Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me. An eye to the world. It's like Paul overflows with this joy and excitement about Jesus and the cross of Christ. And it informs him, it energizes him, it drives him to, to, to write in large handwriting, guys, listen to me. This has nothing to do with circumcision and uncircumcision. May I boast in nothing but the cross of Jesus Christ that in the middle in the middle of uncertainty hopelessness confusion that the gospel believing christian should be the most confident joyful fearless compassionate person in the community boasting in the cross because Jesus has died for all sin and has overcome death it says the world the world and its worries you know, he, he, he's saying here, the, the world's been crucified to me. Like, it has no long, the world has no mastery over me anymore. The, I don't have to worship the world anymore. The world is nothing. I can actually now enjoy the world because of the gospel. Because now I get to see it the way that God intended me to see it. This informs him. It, it energizes him. The world and all its worries and mastery over me, it's done because of Jesus. I can actually enjoy the world. I'm willing to take up my cross and deny myself and sacrifice myself for others and serve others because of Jesus and the gospel of God's grace. I will boast about nothing but the cross of Jesus Christ. The gospel changes what we boast in it changes the whole basis for my identity nothing in the whole world has any power over me i'm free at last to enjoy the world because i don't need the world i have jesus i don't feel inferior to someone or superior to anyone i am being made all over into someone and something new a new creation all because of jesus can I, can I speak to us as a family here real quick? I have fielded several phone calls and several conversations in the past couple of weeks of Christians with high levels of fear and anxiety during this time. And, you know, we're, I'm not throwing caution to the wind. I'm not saying that's not valid. It is very valid. This is something unprecedented that we've gone through, that we're going through currently in our world today. But... Can I challenge the Christian a little bit here? As the world gets darker, should not the light be brighter? Should not the Christian be the one providing the hope, 
providing the faith? Should not the gospel influence and inform us as a Christian so much so to where we are able to confront and, and, and deal with fear or anxiety and change that into faith and hope and light and compassion? Should not people in our community, in our neighborhood, look at us and say, Why, how can they be so joyful during a time like this? How can they be so faithful during a time like this, should not my neighbor who's worried or anxious, should I not be able to tell her or tell him, hey, it's going to be okay because, because of Jesus, actually. There's hope in the cross of Jesus Christ. I have nothing to boast about except for Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I just would like to challenge us to consider that a little bit. Like, should not the Christian be the most fearless most peaceful, most joyful person in the midst of uncertainty and crisis simply because of the cross of Jesus Christ and the gospel of God's grace. We, um, uh, we're going to close at our time with, a, with a, a bit of a sharing time and then I have uh, just a, a specific, some specific challenges for us. Um, a few months ago, about six months ago, or six months ago, we used a, uh, we had to use church discipline, apply church discipline to a brother in the church, uh, Miles Branson. And we had to, um, th- there was sin involved, unconfessed and undealt with that was so uh, extreme at some level that we, we had to apply 1 Corinthians 5 um, church discipline. And church discipline is applied so that that person could feel the separation from the community and be convicted and repent and make decisions for their relationship with God um, and to reconnect. And many times when church discipline is applied, uh, people end up just giving up on God or, um, you know, running away or or, or whatever. And and I want to announce today that uh, by the grace of God, because of the gospel of God's grace, and brothers coming alongside Miles at just the right time, and Miles confronting the issues in his own life and repenting, um, he today is being restored back into the flock, into the, 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 the church of Christ. And so I am so excited uh, about this. And um, he's going to share a little bit of his testimony at this time. Um, and what you'll see is there was a, a, you know, the gospel, when we carry each other's burdens, we, we walk next to each other. And there were a couple of brothers that were able to walk next to Miles through this time. There were very, uh, as he reads his letter, you will see that there is a, a, some, some self-evaluation and repentance that he's still to this day working on. And then, but you'll understand too the boasting in the cross of Jesus Christ because that's all we have to boast in, and that's uh, his story. So he's going to share a little bit right now. I would say this: I know there might be some uh, children uh, watching, and I just want you to know some of the uh, terms or language that Miles may use is a little bit more PG-13 ish, uh, and so uh, just you know wanted to put a disclaimer out there for that. And then after he shares. We'll come back together and close out with one verse and pray for our communion. At this time, our brother.
Miles Branson. Good morning, uh, family. Uh, I wanted to say that I'm going to be, I'm overwhelmed with joy, but I, I obviously just listening to Ro, uh, Reuben, I'm also overwhelmed with emotion. So I'm, I'm going to read my letter uh, so I can get through it. Uh, but I, I wanted to tell you how thankful I am that even though I'm not with you physically, that this is the first time in six months that I've been able to worship uh, with you, my brothers and sisters. And I'm so thankful to God for that and to be able to be here today and, and share um, my letter. So thank you. Um, you know, over my 30 years of being a member of the church and striving to follow Jesus, I've battled with consistent addiction to pornography, which led to uh, many acts of adultery over the years that had not been confessed or dealt with. And in September of 2019, I was caught in this sin by my wife, Timmy. She confronted me and miraculously, graciously decided to stay with me if I decided to get help. I desperately wanted help, but I was uncertain that I could ever change. I had been down this dark path in my whole life. I started looking at hardcore pornography at the age of nine. And this sin of sexual impurity became my constant companion. I was enslaved by my own evil desires. God had exposed this sin other times along my 30-year journey, trying to encourage me to repent, but I would lie and deceive, especially to those trying to help me, including my wife and many friends here at church. I was full of pride and shame and fear, so I would never get completely open and honest about the depth of the sin I was entangled in, and to be more honest... I loved my sin. I loved my flesh. All of this led me onto a path of despair, knowing that this sin I was actively engaging in would lead to the destruction of my marriage, my family, and eventually my soul. I want to express my deepest sorrow and apologies for my sinful behavior my hypocrisy and deceit. And my heart is looking forward to letting any of those among you I have hurt and betrayed find time with me that we might be reconciled and I will humbly ask for your forgiveness. The amazing part of my journey is God's ways are not our ways and His thoughts are far above our thoughts. A couple of weeks before God exposed my sin, I had asked him for courage in what little faith I had left in me. So when Timmy confronted me about the adultery, I started to lie, as I had done so many times before. But God spoke to me in that moment and said, here is the courage that you asked for. And I openly confess to all the lies, sin, deceit, and total despair that I had been living in. Once everything was in the light, God 
began to work. I was given so much help. At this point, I could no longer see God's love for me. But Timmy's love was faithful, merciful, graceful, and kind. And over the next few weeks, her love directed me back to see how wide and long and deep was God's love for me through the power of what Jesus did on the cross. I was given permission to attend a Saturday purity group led by Eric Scheffler. I was also given lifeline partners, Peter Drosty and Dave Cortez, to be open with my struggles. In November, Timmy and I attended the Purity Conference in New York. And in such a short period of time, God has taught me so much about myself and the roots and origins of my battle, and also that I was not alone. There were over 400 people at the conference, many with similar stories to mine. I really came away from the conference knowing I was powerless to change. The power is only found in a daily desperation for God, washing daily at the cross of Jesus, walking by His Spirit, and warring against my flesh. I know I face a lifetime of going to war. Excuse me. Against my addictive sinful behavior. But in the last six months, God has restored my love for Him in ways I did not know were possible. I truly love Jesus and God, our Father, more than anything in this world, including my sin. And over this last six months, I have not given in once to sexual sin and sexual impurity, which in my story is the greatest of miracles. I was blind, but now I see. Thank you all so much for listening. I love you so very much. Amen. God is good. And i um, so thankful for Miles sharing what he did uh, right now. And I know it's very hard for him, uh, for anybody, to be able to be vulnerable in this way. Um, and it's kind of wild how, uh, you know, Miles has been looking forward so much to just being part of the gathering again, and yet we're not able to gather physically. Uh, and yet he was here this morning with the singing live and just with the brothers that he hasn't seen in uh, this whole time or heard from or, or been able to communicate with and just the joy that he had uh, and being able just to have this small piece of what we have as a physical gathering. And so uh, we want to let you know, Miles, we love you very much. And we are very thankful that God's spirit allowed us, uh, allowed the community, the gospel community to, to, to re- it says here in Galatians 6 in verse 1, it talks, talks about, you know, restoring somebody gently. And we did our best. Uh, we are doing our best to try to restore people gently. Truth hurts. Uh, sometimes scriptures cut and uh, cut our hearts. And yet, uh, Miles' response has been humble. And he has really gone after his repentance. He's still at the beginning of his journey. and uh, But now to be part, uh, joined back together with the gospel community. We're so excited for him and for Timmy. And uh, just grateful to see God's grace move and change somebody's life in such a powerful, powerful way. I want to close out by giving you your move. You know, we are a church that wants to move people towards Christ. So a lot of my lessons, I end out with a move. Okay, what, are we, what is something tangible we can do this week? And so I have three things, but, but 
you can choose one of these three, or if you're an overachiever, you can just do all of them. Um, but here we go. The first one is your move. Carry someone's burden, answering the question, what does love require of me? Just this week, this upcoming week, just think about it. Okay, who's somebody in my small group? Who's somebody at my job? Who's somebody in my family? Where I can just kind of lean in a little bit and just kind of help them carry it a weight. We have, you know, brothers and sisters who have lost jobs over this in the past few weeks. Maybe they just need you. They they need to know that you're praying for them. Maybe they need to know that, or maybe you can provide options or or, or whatever the case may be. There are people in our church who... um, whose family members have caught the virus or they have friends or whatever. Maybe they need to, you need to walk by them. Whatever the case may be, I don't know what it is. Um, you know, some of the physical moving of the burden may be difficult right now in our social distancing, but I would say uh, let's encourage one another this week. What, what does love require of me? This is the question that the gospel continues to ask us. What will love require of me? Secondly, Carry your own load. Evaluate this week. What are you sowing? What are you sowing? Uh, there are some of you who maybe before we went into quarantine here were studying the Bible and really evaluating your faith, wanting to become, wanting to see if, even making the decision to be, become a Christian, be baptized for, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you've kind of sort of stopped everything because you don't know what's happening and you don't know where to go or uh, why would God allow all this stuff to happen, whatever case. Let me just challenge you. What, what are you sowing? Are you sowing to please the sinful nature, the flesh, or are you sowing to please the spirit? There's still water. There's still opportunity. There's still ways, creative ways to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Uh, the church continues to move forward as the as the world gets darker, the light gets brighter. And so I would suggest and say, what carry your own Lord this week. There are some of you who have been Christians for a long time who just blame people for your spirituality or for your lack of spirituality or your lack of connection. Um, you know, the, the, the my small group is this or my leader is that or my. Uh, church is not really whatever, fill in the blank. I would say, what are you sowing? Like, carry your own load uh, in that. So take some stock and responsibility into what, what are you actually doing in your own walk with God? Because at the end of the day, you will stand before God, and I can't carry your pack. You're going to have to carry your own. Uh, so answer that question this week. What are you sowing? And the last thing I would say is boast in the cross. Your move this week, boast in the cross. Use the tools that God has provided. Boast in the cross. I feel like God has pressed pause. We had all these visions and plans for the year and everything. I think God has pressed pause on everything to get us to focus, to be still and know that he's God, to really trust him, to test our faith. Will we have gospel glasses on and be courageous and bold and fearless and confident and compassionate during this time? Or will we give in to anxiety and fear? Um, what will we do? And I would say God's, God has given us tools to boast in the cross. This live stream, you know, we've had... The past two weeks, we've had, the first week, we had over 500 people view our live stream. This last week, we had over 600 people. We have not had that many people come to church. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we usually average about 350 people at church. Like, we've almost doubled the amount of people that are, quote, unquote, going to church just by using social media. 
Um, back in the day, we used to go door knocking. Nowadays, use your social media platforms. Share the live stream with people. Share our YouTube channel with people. We're going to provide content and devotions. Share that. Text people. Share verses on your Facebook. Share scriptures on your um, on your Instagram. Boast in the cross. Use the tools that we have that God has just so easily given us to boast and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need our college students, our teenagers, our single professionals, our married professionals, our grandmas and grandpas to learn how to use some of these tools to boast in the cross. In our conversations with each other this week, let's boast in the cross. Paul closes out his letter, and we're going to read this verse and then pray for communion. In Galatians 6, 18, he says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, Brothers and sisters, amen. His grace is the entry point. His grace is the way that we continue and persevere in our faith. His grace is all we will ever need. And this will motivate us to do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers, boasting in nothing but the cross of Christ, moving people towards Christ and being his gospel community and the church says amen let's pray as we take communion father thank you for this time thank you for the gospel i pray that we can take a moment to think about and consider what the gospel means to us that we would that that the gospel would energize us drive us motivate us move us towards uh faith and hope and confidence and being fearless, Father, and, and being able to provide that light to other people, to be able to carry each other's burdens and yet carry our own load, to be able to boast in nothing but the cross of Christ. Father, the world has nothing to offer us. The world is crucified to us. Father, the world no longer has mastery over us. We no longer worship the world And therefore, we can actually even enjoy the world because of the gospel of Jesus. Help us. Help us to have a perspective driven by the good news of Jesus Christ. As we take communion this morning, help us to think about Jesus and consider his ways. As we read the scriptures that are on the screen, as we take communion, help us to meditate on the cross of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Greater Long Beach Podcast. For more information about our church, please visit greaterlongbeachchurch.com.